God is not a man, he does not change his mind. God always keeps his promises. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sins. Good morning, my dear friends. It's uh, another joyful day in the presence of the Lord, studying His Word, listening to Him. Uh, and I pray and trust that it is not, it's not for nothing that we sit at the Lord's feet to listen to Him. His words are words of life. It's a bread of life. Without it, we become malnourished, spiritually malnourished. And ultimately, we may spiritually die altogether. And so, it's my privilege to share the Word of God this morning, once again. And I want to thank you for keeping me company, for being a part of this um, um, endeavor, for hearing uh, the challenge is doing what the Word of God says we should do. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with humility, with thanksgiving, knowing, O oh God, that we are sinners, and yet, because of Jesus Christ, His wonderful love for us, His death, are the cross and his resurrection, we are guaranteed of life with you forever if we believe. Our challenge in this part of the book of Romans is who will go and share this word with the nations. And having heard the challenges upon those who hear the word of God, how do I react to it? Everything else is determined by what we do after we have heard the good news. So, Father, guide, guide me today, guide us today as we record this message, that it will be a blessing to many, and it will transform their lives and draw them closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, our reading today is from Romans chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. And the word of God says, I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? 
I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace then, it is no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. What then? What Israel sought so earnestly, it did not obtain, but the elect did. The, uh, um, the others were hardened, as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes so that they, can, they could not see, and ears so that they could not hear, to this very day. And David says, may their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a distribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Great. So um, that is what the, the word of the Lord says. Let us um, try and, uh, and, and see uh, what it says to us this morning. Now let me start from the last verses of chapter 10, verses 20 to 21, which we read last Sunday. Uh, these, these verses um, um, are, accurate, are, accurate, are a quotation where God expressed his a sense of almost frustration, shall I say, but his displeasure because of Israel's failure to respond to his love and to his many blessings to them. Now the prophet um, Isaiah then, um, you know, whose quotation this is, had prophesied that God would ultimately transfer his favors to the Gentiles. And so verses 20, 20 and 21 tells us uh, as follows, um, and Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. And so this explains then is chapter 11, verse 1, which is a question uh, pro pro proceeding from the last, that, uh, uh, the last two verses that I have just read um, from chapter 10. So, um, so Paul is actually continuing with his concern uh, about his people, the Jews, when he says, I ask then, did God reject his people? Did God reject his people? That is the question that he seeks to um, address in this particular section. So, so, um, so as we have been uh, seeing right from chapter one of this book of Romans, Paul's argument is that God's, uh, God's existence and his nature have always been obvious and have been obvious to all who care to know him. 
on the evidence of what God has created. So even those who had not heard the gospel ought to have known God through observing the wonderful God uh, creation that God had made. But in the exercise of his sovereign will, God had in particular chosen and adopted the Jews to be his people. That's why Paul is asking, did God reject his people? God has specially uh, chosen this, this, the, the Jews to be his special people and, uh, and, and beneficiaries of more specific revelations. In other words, deeper revelation than the revelation that comes from looking at nature. So God revealed to Israel about himself and his plans and purposes for Israel itself and for the world at large. Nevertheless, most of the Jews had turned away from God and away from his moral law and had even killed God's prophets who came to bring the message of God to them. They killed the messengers, I mean the prophets, and ultimately God sent his own son Jesus Christ. And in fact, as we approach Easter, this uh, should actually remind us of how much God loved the world and gave his own son Jesus Christ to this world to the intent that those who believe in him should not perish in their sins, but have everlasting life. That's what Easter is all about. But ultimately the Jews killed even this, you know, um, son of God himself. Um, as a result, God then appeared to have turned his attention away from the Jews. He appears to have rejected the Jews because they rejected him and instead turned his favors to the Gentiles and had the, gent uh, the, the, the gospel sent to them um, and not to Israel. That is how it would appear. And now, uh, but does this mean that God had rejected the Jews forever? Um, the, 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 the fact is, yes, God did turn to the Gentiles. But it is, does not mean that he had completely turned his back on Israel, that he had rejected them forever. There was a time when, it, I, I mean, um, God uh, was so infuriated with his own people and he allowed them to be taken into exile where they suffered mightily, but ultimately, ultimately they did come back. And we see God's uh, favors continue to rest on them. But there's a catch somewhere, and that is the, that is the whole purpose of, um, of this message and the answer to Paul's question. Did God reject his people forever? Now, so Paul's response is this, to his own question, not at all. In other words, God has not rejected his people, the Jews, forever. But many Christians think that God indeed has rejected um, the Gentiles. He's not, I mean, has rejected the Jews. He is no longer 
he no longer considers them to be special people. He treats the church only exclusively as his special people. There's some truth in that, except the part that says he rejected the Jews forever. So we, we say, and it is actually confirmed in the Bible that we are the new Israel. We are the children of Abraham. Indeed, in Genesis chapter 12, 12 um, uh, verse 3, God did promise Abraham that he would make him, Abraham, father to many children, to many nations. That is the point. That in fact, it was always in the plan of God. And it has always been in the purpose of God to take the gospel and the blessing of himself to the nations. Let us always remember that. And so last Sunday we were, we were challenging ourselves uh, from the message that it is, it, it, is, it is such a good thing when people go out to share the gospel to the nations. It will, and, and, and these people are said to have you know, beautiful feet, you know, uh, and, 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 and so it was always God's intention that his gospel message be disseminated to, the corner, uh, to all the corners of the earth. Now Paul says, God's apparent rejection of Israel or the Jews is only temporary. That is the crux of the matter. It's only temporary and it is for a purpose. God's intention in favoring the Gentiles and appearing to turn his back on Israel was to make them jealous. I mean, God works in mysterious ways, uh, but that is, that is a fact written in, in, the, in some of the verses we have just read. Now, in this context then, Paul seeks to correct the common but mistaken notion that God had rejected Israel for good due to their rebellion against him. Now Paul then um, refers to, um, um, uses a word of remnant. And so, uh, but let's, 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 let's start where it all begins. Paul, in his argument, in his rejection of this notion that God has rejected the Jews, he says, look at me. I'm a Jew myself, and I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm the one who is, you know, preaching this gospel to you. And so you see, if I am a Christian, isn't that enough proof? Isn't it enough evidence that God has not rejected the Jews entirely? Now, that is, that is where the you know, you know, you know the, the, that's the centerpiece of this message, uh, and we are coming to that. So in verses, four, in verses um, 2 and 4, I mean 2, 3 and 4 of our reading, Paul goes back to history, to the story of Elijah in the Old Testament. The story, in, I mean very briefly, is that um, Israel had a, a new king called Ahab, who had a wife called Jezebel, 
um, and, and, and he was from the nations outside Israel. Jezebel was more like a witch. She did not only worship foreign gods, her gods from other, I mean, other nations, but she also influenced the nation of Israel to worship her gods. And those who did not were murdered. Jezebel made a great effort to kill all the prophets, and he killed many of them. Uh, Elijah thought that he was the only one who survived because he had run away and hated himself, and he came saying, telling God, I'm the only one who survived. But this is what God said to Elijah. Um, he said, I have reserved for myself 7,000 Israelites who had remained faithful and had not, he, he had not worshipped Jezebel's idols. Uh, I, this, this story can be found, by the way, in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, um, going forward. Now, Paul is telling us that God, in our text today, Paul is telling us that God had not rejected Israel for good, but he had again reserved for himself a remnant in the nation of Israel who believed in God and his son Jesus Christ and they had been saved. In other words, even during Paul's time, when the Jews appeared to, be, to have been totally opposed to the message of Jesus Christ, I mean, having crucified him, um, you know, um, God has actually saved a remnant from within the Jewish nation who are believers in Christ like Paul himself. And so um, this who had, I mean, the, the message therefore is, is actually a reminder that anybody, whether he be a Jew or a Gentile, is saved by grace. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ is saved. And I'm glad to say, therefore, I mean, as we saw last time, I mean, uh, two Sundays ago, there is a remnant of believers in Christ in Israel, in the nation of Israel up to this day. There may not be very many, but there are some who believe in Jesus in that nation. But you see, but, um, but, but, but the majority of the Jews um, are not believers. I, I mean, they have remained hard-headed up to this day, and they continue in their insistence that Jesus Christ is not their Messiah. And these are the, the kind that um, the prophet uh, um, has described as people who have ears but they don't hear and eyes but they cannot see and the Lord Jesus Christ himself quoted these scriptures as we see in Matthew chapter 13. So um, these people, Paul says, appear to be, to have fallen into a state of drunken stupor. They are unconscious. 
they seem to be alive, but they don't hear, they don't see, they are comatose. Unfortunately, many in the church today have followed the example of the Jews. They may be, they appear to be very active and very faithful in appearing in church on Sunday mornings and do all those things that they are told to do and saying and said and, and say the creeds and all that. But they have not responded to the message of the gospel in that they are not believers in Jesus Christ. They are not saved. They are not born again. They are men and women who have ears they don't hear and eyes but they don't see. So what does this message then teach us this morning? The basic lesson is this. God is not a man. He does not change his mind. God always keeps his promises. So what he promised to Israel, he has fulfilled. And he'll continue to fulfill. And therefore, in the same manner, what God has promised to believers in Jesus Christ, namely Christians, he has fulfilled in many ways, and he continues to fulfill um, until his, uh, his second coming. God always keeps his promises. The trouble with the Jews was that they did not honor God in spite of the many uh, blessings and favors he had specially bestowed upon them. They turned away from God. They rejected Jesus Christ. They had him crucified. And they have continued to this day in the majority to reject, uh, to just, to, to reject him. Therefore, they have been excluded. Or rather, let me say, they have missed on God's promises. When God prom fulfills his promises to the people who belong to him, um, they are left out because their hearts are hardened. There was a time in history that has, uh, when Europe was largely Christian and the Bible had great influence on the, on, on, on the society, including government and their politics uh, and all that. And it is at that time when actually the um, um, Europeans went to many countries spreading the good news. As we said last Sunday, that's how it came to Africa. That's why I'm a Christian. Unfortunately, like Israel, a time came also when Europe, and especially when God had prospered them. You know, you remember the Industrial Revolution and all that. When God had prospered the Europeans, they began to, work, to worship themselves, to worship their successes, and they turned away from God leaving only a relatively small minority in most European countries, in some parts of Europe, actually. In fact, I was just reading an article the other day about France. There are more worshippers of Eastern religions in France, for instance, than Christians. I suggest that that could happen to us, even here in Africa. But even with what has happened to in Europe, 
there still remains a remnant there. God will never turn away from anyone who repents of his sins in spite of what his country or his society has become. And so Paul says, there is a remnant. There was a re Paul says there was a remnant in Israel at the time of writing who had been saved by grace while others were, were hardened in their hearts and they continued to reject Jesus Christ as their savior whom God sent to forgive their sins. Well, once again, in my, in my, in my country, Kenya, just about everyone you meet says they are Christian. Yet at the same time, we are hearing more and more that um, our, especially the younger generation is increasingly becoming inclined towards, you know, uh, you know, uh, deviation from, from nature. In other words, uh, they, they, they are becoming more and more inclined towards such, such, such um, behavior as um, homosexuality and lesbianism. I hear that uh, some young people, youngsters are being, uh, being told, it's up to you to choose your gender. You know, it is not what, it's not the gender that you are born with that really counts. It's what you choose yourself. So you may be a boy, but uh, you can choose to be a girl, or you're a girl, you can choose to be a boy. I mean, the, the, it's freedom after all. I hear these things are happening in my own country. And I feel like shedding tears for, for my country. It is following in the footsteps of Europe. It is following in the footsteps of old Israel. And when this happens, these are, these are actually signs that we may soon begin to, to descend back into a state of darkness, back into that state of drunken stupor, just Israel as Israel had become. It is a sure way of telling us that we are increasingly turning away from God. Dear friends, let us therefore remember the words of Jesus Christ in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so, my brothers and my sisters, if it was not enough, and it is still not enough for salvation, I mean, to be a Jew, in other words, that entry into heaven is not determined by your By your, by, by your nationality or ethnicity. Entry into heaven is determined solely by your faith, your personal faith in Jesus Christ. So if it is not enough for a Jew, children of Abraham by blood, if it is not enough for him, for them to go to heaven, it will not be enough for all those people who call themselves Christians, but they are not. Those who are Christians by name only. The Bible insists that the entire human race has sinned and has fallen short of God's glory 
but are only justified, they are only saved by believing in Jesus Christ. If not, if we don't call on the name of the Lord, we shall never be saved. Yet, you know, um, in his grace and mercy, God in Christ Jesus forgives all those who put their faith in him, be they Jews or be they Gentiles. So it doesn't matter that Paul appears to be concerned only about the Jews. He is not because right from the beginning, chapter 1 actually said that the gospel is for both the Jews and for the Gentiles. And when he began to preach, he followed the same pattern in the book of Acts. He first of all went to Jewish synagogues and began to teach them there, trying to persuade them to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior until there were riots against him. They sought to kill him, actually. But you remember, I mean, Jesus himself also was born a Jew by a Jewish family. Uh, but his last words to his disciples were, go into the world and make disciples of every nation. Go into the whole world, preaching the good news to the entire world. And so you see, God's purposes from the end was that the whole uh, human race will embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. They'll accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and they'll be saved and they'll be all be reconciled as one family, the family of God. In Christ Jesus, God is also seeking, I mean, I mean actually the Bible says, he has broken down the wall of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles and he has blended them into one household, the household of God, the household of, of faith. But God has continued to reject those who are disobedient, even though they may be Jews by birth and children of Abraham. So it doesn't matter, my friends, whether you are Jew or a Palestinian, or an Arab, or an African, or an Indian, or an American, or whatever other race you might be, Jesus says, you can be a part of his household this morning. You can be a part of his remnant who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. So let me ask you this question. Are you burdened, my friend, with a load of care? Are you burdened with a load of sin and unfaithfulness to God? And do you feel sorry for your sins? Is it your desire then to be set free from this burden of sin and its consequences? Ask Jesus. Come to Jesus. Confess your sins to him. And he'll, you'll be saved right here and now. At no cost, because Jesus paid it all. Amen? He has paid all the cost. Thank you. But this, if you want to receive Christ, let me assure you that you're invited to do that. Confess your sin. I am a sinner. Forgive me. Dear Lord Jesus, I, have, I am a sinner. Forgive me. That is all it takes. There's 
all it takes to be saved. But you must believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth as we have been seeing. Amen? God bless you and welcome to the family of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins, He covers under His righteousness.